Welcome to the June 2023 episode of RCV Clips, our podcast about all things ranked choice voting. I'm Kelly, a member of the Resource Center staff, and last year we were excited to launch our very first internship program here at RCVRC. Ryan Kirby, our public policy specialist, took the lead on building what has turned out to be a tremendous resource and capacity builder for our staff. In today's episode, I'll be talking with our new summer interns about their journey to RCVRC. Matt, Deirdre, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the Resource Center. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. Great. Well, let's jump into it. I know our audience wants to, our listeners want to get to know you a little better, want to understand what you're doing in your education journey and um, how you landed here at the, at the Resource Center. So let's start at the very beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you located? Where you live? Where you're from? Um, what school you attend? Uh, what you're studying? Just, just sort of give us the basics. My name is Deirdre. I'm a junior at UNC Chapel Hill, majoring in public policy, and I am from Raleigh, North Carolina. Great. You know, I have to really be excited about that because I'm also a um, UNC Chapel Hill girl. So go Heels, right? <laughs> go Heels. I'm Matthew, and I am at American University uh, studying for a master's program for the public administration and policy, and I'm just finishing up my first year. I am located in Dallas, Texas right now. Fantastic. So let's talk a bit about your experience working in political reform, working in politics, working in nonprofit. Matt, give us a little bit of a background on where your experience lies in that. My experience working uh, with political form kind of primarily revolves around volunteer work that I did while I was a student. I worked as a volunteer communications director and outreach director for a state house race and primarily interacted with underserved communities. And in that role, we did a souls to the polls effort that tried to combat some of the, uh, the voter suppression that was going on in Northeast Lubbock. That's interesting work and um, really important work because, you know, not only um, are, are we really concerned about how people vote, but we have to get them to the polls first and foremost um, so that they can vote. So appreciate the folks that do the, um, the voter engagement work. Now, remind us where you went for your undergrad. I went to Texas Tech University and got my Bachelor of Arts in Psychology with a minor in political science. Fantastic. So, Deirdre, what about you? What is your political involvement? What is your political reform involvement? Yeah, so I first became passionate about politics during the 2016 presidential election, and I got my first experience working in politics and, you know, advocating young people around, you know, certain political issues during the 2020 presidential election as a campus core leader for a presidential campaign. I also became involved in a gun violence prevention organization known as March for Our Lives, working as a political director, a national movement organizer, and delving into some policy research surrounding gun violence prevention. I also worked as a campaign intern for my local congresswoman, which was a really exciting um, thing that I had the privilege to work on. And I uh, also served as an organizing intern for When We All Vote, which is a get-out-the-vote organization that really seeks to close the race and age gap in voting. So a lot of democracy work, a lot of organizing work, also involved in student government and trying to make an impact on the local level. That's fantastic. You both have a lot of impressive work doing on sort of the advocacy side and on the campaign side. And honestly, that's the kind of experience that I brought to the Resource Center 
as well. I, I spent a lot of time um, working on, even as far back as um, one of the campaigns in 1992, I did all kinds of phone banking. Um, I was just finishing up high school and starting college. And then also I was an assistant campaign manager for a state Senate campaign for three terms and as well as doing some local campaign work. And then I also came to the Resource Center with a lot of nonprofit work. So I had not done political reform, so to speak, but I had done quite a bit of sort of the other side of that coin. So tell me a little more about your relationship or your understanding or how you connected with ranked choice voting. Yeah. When I was, you know, getting into politics, I was looking at, you know, the best ways to ensure that citizens' voices are heard at the ballot box. So I explored some alternate ways of, you know, conducting elections and came about ranked choice voting. And I really thought it was a really efficient and people-first centered um, electoral system to really ensure that we're able to ensure that all people's voices are heard and also, you know, closing um, the race and age gap in voting and ensuring that um, people of color and other marginalized people are best advocated for within our political systems. So through that, I really just started, you know, looking at local jurisdictions and their successes with ranked choice voting and became really interested in it. For me, my first exposure to ranked choice voting was when I was uh, in, my, in my undergraduate degree. I took a uh, undergraduate election law class through the political science department, and we covered some cases um, over that. And it got me interested in that particular system because it seemed to be more equitable for people of color and other marginalized communities. That was kind of the core of the work that I wanted to do going forwards in my professional career. So it just kind of naturally gravitated towards it. Yeah. Ranked choice voting was fairly new to me when I joined the Resource Center three years ago. I knew of it, I knew about it, but you know, it's, it's really a great way to allow voters to be able to express their opinion more fully. Rather than voting for the lesser of two evils, they have more choices, they have more ability to find people that align with them. And single winner is sort of a good jumping off point. And then the proportional version of ranked choice voting can really help out with some of the representation issues that we do have in marginalized communities and you know, women's representation, minority representation, all that kind of thing. So I think there's still ranked choice voting is taking off. It is has grown tremendously since I joined in 2020, but we still have a long way to go in terms of bringing this to the masses, so to speak. So. Tell us what you're hoping to get out of this internship. I know that's a big question and you guys have only been here one week. <laughs> we like to throw you in, baptize you by fire and throw you in and say, let's do all the things at once. But what's the most interesting thing to you or what's, what thing do you want to get out of this experience? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that wanting to go into the policy and social impact career space Something that's really important to me is, you know, strengthening my skills in policy research and analysis in order to really effectuate transformative change and, you know, propel social impact, you know, whether that's working with a nonprofit or a private company. I think that's something that's really important to me. And I think that this internship really provides me with a great opportunity to do so. One of the things that I hope to gain from this internship is experience in the policy analysis field. And to kind of use the skills that I've gained through the program that I'm in right now in a professional way. Excellent. 
And you truly could not have two better mentors in that with Chris Hughes and Ryan Kirby, our policy department. Our executive director has uh, election administration experience and um, has been with us for a long time, too. So I think you're positioned to do some great things with us this summer. And I look forward to seeing um, what your outcomes are and hear from you guys what you um, feel like you got out of it. So I'm going to throw a little question in there that a little surprise question, because I love to do that. Tell me about your favorite class you have taken in either undergraduate or graduate for you, Matt, in Deirdre at Carolina. Tell us about that class, why it was important, and whether that is one of the professors that had big impact in your life and in your decision to become um, policy folks. Yeah. A class I took last semester was called Restorative Justice, and it was a special topics policy class that has now become an official class that is going to be taught every semester at UNC um, because of the student feedback and because it was such a great class. And so through that class, we really learned how to mitigate harm within our uh, criminal justice system and, you know, create a world that isn't centered around punitive punishment. And this is something that I've been incredibly passionate about um, over the years and really wanted to, you know, hear directly from people working in this space um, about how they are implementing restorative justice initiatives. So we heard from a lot of speakers. And one of the speakers that we heard from was a mother whose son was killed by gun violence. And that was a really impactful experience for me. And it was really a privilege to hear from someone who has been directly impacted by restorative justice programs. And so that really, really reaffirmed my commitment to pursuing a career in policy to implement some of these really transformative policies that can um, make our communities a better place. Yeah, I think that's a really important part of policy students coming out of school um, to have these kinds of restorative justice experiences through classwork and um, hopefully through the community. I don't know if either of you have read the book, A Knock at Midnight, but um, if you're interested in restorative justice, I think you would really be interested in that book. So um, check it out. So Matt, let's hear from you. I think for me, my favorite class would be the class I mentioned before, the undergraduate election law. And it was very interesting because it laid out a lot of issues in the first past the post system that I didn't necessarily know were there. And piqued my interest in that kind of work and reforming that system. And at the time, I thought, you know, I want to go be a lawyer and change the world and save the world that way. One thing led to another that wasn't necessarily for me, but it also led me to policy work because underlying those cases were policy agendas that could be looked at, researched, quantified, and work done to modify them. And that's kind of what led me to the program I'm in right now. Yeah, that's great. I was thinking about this, and that's one reason I threw it in, because my mom sent some things to me that she had found um, when she was cleaning out some things. And um, some of them were my high school transcripts or my high school report cards. Um, I went to a boarding school here in North Carolina called the North School of Science and Mathematics. And it, it reminded me of this class I took senior year. It's called WIRD, W-R-R-G. And it was a combination class of world religion, um, English literature, and um, history. Professors that actually taught that class were so made such an impact on me and my decision to become um, initially an English teacher. That's not, I didn't stay with that very long. But um, someone who really looks at the world 
through a broader scope. And, and I think that's that's one of the most important things about um, some of these classes you've described is it gives you a different lens to look at the world um, and, and puts you it puts into perspective, you know, the the privilege that a lot of us have and and the the way that we um, live may not look the same to everybody. So you're coming out of school. You've gotten all the degrees you want to get. Dream job. Go. I would say either a policy director at a nonprofit or something within the social impact space. Um, this is something that I've become really passionate about the last few months. I took a course called Silicon Revolution where we heard from some people in the um, social impact space and got to go to the Bay Area and hear directly from people that, you know, helping nonprofits succeed um, in a lot of spaces such as restorative justice, gun violence, you know, the water crisis. So that was something that was really interesting to me. And I could definitely see myself pursuing a career in that. My dream job would be to be in a, a social justice policy working group at a think tank somewhere. And if I had my pick, it would be the Brookings Institute. But if I'm realistic, you know, I'll go with whichever one is willing to hire me. Doing preferably work over housing policy or, like you said, restorative justice policy or election policy. Yeah, that's really interesting. And public service, whether that's in policy work or, you know, elected official, um, it's hard. And and I've been doing it a long time and um, I got out of it for a little while. and. Rosemary and I have been friends for many years. And when she contacted me in the spring of 2020, when our world was falling apart and said, hey, we're hiring a development director. Are you interested in getting back into this work? And at first I said, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this again. And um, you know, I called her back like 20 minutes later, not even a day later. <laughs> and I said, actually, send me the job description. Because when you find places that you're passionate about and when you find the work that you're passionate about, um, even on the hardest days, even on the the toughest times, the most busy times, um, it really makes a difference that you're passionate about it. So I love to hear the things that you guys are passionate about doing. So let's get back a little to learn a little more about you guys. Let's have you tell us something really fun about yourself, a fun fact, a funny story. Go. So about two weeks ago, I went to um, San Francisco for the summer class I was taking about, you know, Silicon Valley and all the work that's being done over there. And we got to visit the Golden Gate Bridge and it was incredibly chilly. I did not expect California to be as cold as it was. So I now will not make fun of Californians when they complain about cold weather because it definitely is cold. And we had about two minutes left in our trip before we had to get back on the bus. And my friend and I like ran to the Golden Gate Bridge and we just wanted to say that we had, you know, walked across the Golden Gate Bridge and it was so windy. Um, and that was a really fun experience for me and I could really see myself living there. So that's something interesting about me. I played uh, the trumpet all through high school and middle school. And I guess another interesting tidbit of knowledge is I was a structural concrete worker before I decided to go back to school and help build some bridges uh, in Houston. That's really cool. So what was sort of the turning point where you decided, okay, it's time, I want to go back to school, um, and I want to do policy work? I just woke up one morning and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I hurt. I want to go back to school. And I decided after taking a leave of absence from law school, that I, I wanted to get into the policy work. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. 
I think that um, sometimes fate works that way, right? Sometimes you just wake up and you're like, you know what? This is the idea that I got to run with and move it forward. So Deirdre, I have to ask this. Are you a lifelong Carolina Tar Heel fan? Or was this something new when you decided to go to school there? Yeah. So I would say growing up, I never was super into college sports. You know, I remember in elementary school, they would roll on the TV and we'd watch the Duke versus UNC game, which is something that I I really am proud about, you know, being a North Carolinian. That's something that was um, really fun for me. But yeah, I would say that I never really tuned in much, but I will always support, you know, UNC over Duke all the way. That's amazing. I'm sure that's why Ryan hired you, um, that and your math skills and policy. (laughs) And I'm really glad that you brought up the thing that we do here in North Carolina during ACC tournament time, which is roll TVs into the classroom back when they were on rolling cars. Now I think they're just mounted to the wall. But um, I can remember that clear as day, every ACC tournament, every teacher would have it on. Um, We'd be doing our work while we were watching. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that. So I'm going to ask you one more question before we get to our signature RCV clips question at the end of every podcast. When you joined our first meeting last week, there was a hot debate going on about favorite ice cream and whose ice cream was winning our current RCB poll. So I have to ask, what's your favorite ice cream? I stand by my previous suggestion of cookie dough being the objectively superior ice cream. I can get behind that because tonight dough is my favorite ice cream in the world. If you like Ben and Jerry's, go for tonight dough. All right, Deirdre. This is not subjective. This is 100% objective, and there is research to back this up. It would be mint chocolate chip ice cream. I love this, and that's quite a plurality thing to say. So, (laughs) you know, hopefully you guys did have a chance when the poll was live last week to go and vote on the staff favorites. We like to have some of these little, let's say, debates on our team from time to time, and we throw it out to the public, get a little help settling that. So. Signature question, describe your first week at RCVRC in three words or less. I would have to say insightful, impactful, and engaging. Nice. I would say it's exciting, stimulating, and fulfilling. I love to hear all those things. Um, I hope you guys have felt welcomed by our team. My three words for this particular week would be busy, funding and reports. (laughs) But um, every week is a little different because of the fast pace of the work we're doing. You know, we're real time watching elections unfold and helping jurisdictions to have the tools in hand that they need to implement ranked choice voting often for the first time and even subsequent elections when they need um, additional help and additional tools to, to do that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We are so grateful to have you around this, this summer. Um, hope that you guys will find some really, really wonderful policy things to be passionate about. Any of us can help out with any part of this journey. Um, for instance, if you want to talk nonprofit, I can talk to you all day long about that. So come talk to me about it. I would love to share that insight with you before you go out into the world. We will definitely be checking in with you guys at the end of the summer also to, to see um, how your full experience was. But in the meantime, thank you. And I look forward to working with you both. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for having me. And now for this month's final round, where we share an interesting bit of trivia, a useful tidbit, or something we thought was cool for folks to know about ranked choice voting. Here's Sam Prescott with this month's final round. 
Did you know that ranked choice voting has been gaining momentum in the world of sports? Last fall, the Associated Press announced that, starting in 2023, it would use RCV to vote for the official words of the National Football League. This voting method will be applied to the league's most prestigious award, the Most Valuable Player, but also down-ballot awards like Coach of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year. This exciting expansion into the world of sports could forecast other non-political uses of ranked choice voting and makes it this month's final round. Thank you for joining us today for our June 2023 RCP Clips episode produced by the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to the show for the latest episodes and updates, and take a minute to rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. For more information about RCVRC and Ranked Choice Voting, check out our website at www.rcvresources.org. The production of this podcast is supported by the generosity of our donors. Donations can be made directly on the website. And please don't hesitate to contact us with any donation questions at donate at rcvresources.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at rcvresources and on Facebook and LinkedIn at Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at rcvrc. Our theme music today is Flutterby by Poddington Bear. Until next time, I'm Kelly on behalf of the Ranked Choice Voting Resource Center.